to a pod of their own. Uh, we took a brief uh, holiday-related hiatus, but we are now back in your feeds. This is episode 35 of a pod of their own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by Linda Serovich. Hi, Linda. Hi, Allison. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Linda. And we are joined this week by special guest Kate Feldman, formerly of Amazing Avenue, formerly of Baseball Prospectus, Mets team site, and uh, currently of the New York Daily News. Hi, Kate Feldman. Hi, thanks for having me. So um, Maggie is off this week unexpectedly. It was actually supposed to be four of us, but um, unfortunately Tommy is sick. Shout out to Tommy. Um, Hopefully he feels better soon. Um, But luckily we have Kate here, so we have our normal requisite three people. As far as uh, the Mets, um, a fair amount has actually happened since we last recorded, since the last time we recorded was before even Christmas Eve. Uh, So the first thing on the docket is that the Mets signed uh, Dellen Batanzas to a relatively cheap contract. Because it's the Mets, they got the guy that would come cheap. Uh, But they did a thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually have a funny story like my aunt is like a super super like diehard Yankee fan like like hates anything like outside of the Yankees and Dylan Batances was her favorite Yankee oh. so on Christmas Eve they were all texting her asking if Christmas was canceled <laughs> <laughs> like should oh, we no. still come over <laughs> Yankee fans seem to really love Dylan Batances and like the Yankee fans that I like, I don't interact with too many of them online because I can only handle so much Yankee fan online stuff. Um, but the ones that I do interact with seem to be like really still pulling for him and they seem to really like him just as a dude. So that's exciting, at least. One of my best friends is a huge Yankees fan and he's like genuinely heartbroken by this, which is nice because usually say the way around. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so the fact that Yankees fans are sad is good, not only for the, you know, the, the sheer satisfaction of that, but just, it means that we've got ourselves a potentially a really good player. Obviously the reason why, um, he was able to come sort of cheap was because he missed pretty much all of last year. I think he pitched one inning. He had, uh, shoulder problems and then was it shoulder problems or elbow problems? Big shoulder. Yeah, I think it was shoulder problems. He had shoulder problems, and then he, like, came back from that through, like, one pitch and then blew out his Achilles, which is, like, cool, awesome. Um, So it's, uh, you know, kind of a buy-low situation, but obviously before before last season he was elite. Um, So if... I think he faced two batters last year and struck them both out. (laughs) And looked like like Dellen Batanzas, very much like Dellen Batanzas for two batters. So, um, but, you know, it's just another part of the whole theme of the Mets bullpen, which is just like banking on the guys coming back from (laughs) last season. Well, that's the Mets way in general. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, the hope and pray method. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No what ifs, though, right? No, no. no. We're eliminating what ifs. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like bullpens are obviously high variance to begin with just by their nature. But this feels especially high variance. Yeah. 
It really does. (laughs) Like, it could either be really, really good or really, really terrible. Um, There's also going to be no in between. No. No. It's going to be, yeah. It's not going to be, like, Seth Lugo is still great and Batances is fine and, like, Diaz is, like, on. No, it's going to be great or awful. Yeah. And also, we're just expecting, like, Lugo to still be good like his also ucl <laughs> is hanging on by th- i mean knock on wood knock on wood yeah. no like yeah. but how can you like it feels like we've been him? on borrowed seth lugo time for a while now yes. <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah, so that's a good way of putting it but you know it also what marks good because they were so historically bad last year that I guess anything you like you only have up to go from here I'm get is what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah I guess Batanzas facing more than two batters would already be an improvement from his previous season and, um, yeah and Hefner went down to go speak and work with Edwin Diaz there's no way Edwin Diaz is gonna be that bad I refuse to believe that <laughs> I I hope you're right <laughs> I refuse to believe it, Kate. <laughs> I just like they're still pretending he was healthy and just like bad last year, which I don't know that I believe. Yeah, that's the the wild because, card here. Yeah, that yeah. came out like Brody Van Wagenen was like he's now healthy. And was right. Like, Wait, what? So right. come again, Brody? <laughs> <laughs> my no, healthy T-shirt yeah. has a, has people asking a lot of questions about my yeah. shirt. And nobody asked the follow-up, which no. was, was he not healthy? Yeah, like, like, people just let him say that. Right, right. <laughs> like, well, Mets, you just kind of expect everything to be wrong. Maybe that's why you just take it at face value. I don't know. Yes, I, 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 would, I would have asked the question. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, the bullpen as it stands now, obviously extremely high variance, but the Mets, like, you know they could have done more to to shore this up and they didn't and like the last of the good relievers are kind of gone now there were like a few like a few like pretty good like Justin Wilson level signings they could have done that were left out there that are now gone like Steve Chisek is a really good example of that he just signed for like six million dollars or something like that like they could have done that that seems like a pretty like no brain thing to do but of course it's the Mets so they seem done well Brody was all hey you know we got the best bullpen now so I guess he can't say that and be like wait I still have to add to it my bad uh (laughs) now we have the best bullpen (laughs) the best bullpen just got better yeah yeah like, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, and I, deepest apologies to, like, I'm forgetting which beat writer it was, but someone wrote, like, someone ranked, I think it was one of the SNY guys, ranked the bullpens in the NL East, and ranked the Mets bullpen second, which I think is uh-huh. optimistic. Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, they are so healthy and productive, right. like, they if they can pitch to their level, they are, but we just haven't seen that recently. And I also think this was before the Nationals signed Will Harris, to be fair. So, um, And I mean, the wild card is Waka, too. Like, there's actually no evidence he can pitch out of the bullpen. Yeah, who the heck knows? (laughs) Like, it could just not, not every starter can just become a reliever. Like, yeah. Well, didn't they also try Mats out of the bullpen last year? No, I don't think that went well. That is, yes. Yeah, for like five minutes, right before the trading deadline. Because he had like a series of like a few bad starts in a row right before the trading deadline. And they were like, all right, buddy, 
you go to the pen for a little bit and it didn't work like at mm-hmm. all because why would it work <laughs> right and he came back and was pretty good yeah but his second half was fine like he was fine yeah um shockingly i'm sure he was also hurt yeah probably because um, of and math do we think that they are like penciling in porcello as just the fifth starter I don't know. Well, because you are can they having like a pseudo competition. They have you can carry, I think, an extra man this year. Yeah, so it's you can have this year. Yeah. yeah. So you can go with an extra guy in the bullpen. So I don't know. I don't know if you can pencil in Porcello as the fifth guy. I I if healthy, I think Waka would have the edge, or even Max. Waka has the um, escalators, though, doesn't he? Oh, in his yes, contract? he does. He has yes, you're in right. Contract. Yeah. So it's going to be Porcello just for that reason. <laughs> They're going to limit yeah, Rocket's innings true. as much as possible. Yeah. No, I mean, that's literally what, that's how this, that's how this roster is going to be constructed, the cheapest way possible. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, I forgot about that. That, that <laughs> yeah. is a factor. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I don't know, just thinking about it, like, does, because there's no evidence that Porcello can pitch well out of the bullpen necessarily either. Has he really done it? No, not the not so. Yeah. Yeah. And so like but just thinking about it like logically and what each of them bring to the table as far as pitch mix is concerned, like Waka has the better stuff. Yeah. So oh, for sure. like maybe like logically he's the swing pen guy in theory, but like again, you don't know. You don't know what's gonna happen. I mean I think perfect world you probably just kinda have them piggyback start. Yeah. Every yeah like it doesn't you know you're not a reliever you just pitch innings five through nine yes it's that not a bad sense. idea that makes yeah. sense if you, yeah if you're if your 26th guy is out of, is a reliever you know you don't need to use walk as a long man you can just have him be the second picture pitcher on porcello starts yeah because well, I think that's they could stand to do that with mats a little bit. Yeah, that's, well, that's yeah, that's where I've had the idea for years is that that's what they needed, but they never had a long man. Well, yeah. if you put the three of them together, together you might get one viable <laughs> pitcher. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> like yeah. Marcelo's health, Waka's stuff, and Matt's leftiness. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so you have like one super pitcher there. Yeah, for real. No, that'd be good. I mean. Like and just just dreaming big for a second here. If we when we talk about the Mets bullpen having a high ceiling and they really do, if if you know like Batanzas and Diaz and Familia are the pitchers that we think they can be, then that opens up Seth Lugo to really also serve as like a fireman earlier in the game. Yeah. Yeah which would be an ideal role for him more so than being the closer just because he's the best pitcher in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. The only good pitcher in the, the only good one. Oh, oh, that was, I'm getting flashbacks and they're not good. <laughs> yeah. So like if, you know, if Diaz actually performs like a closer and Batanzas and Familia can be viable setup men, then you can have Seth Lugo in his ideal role. And then you could have, a piggyback of Waka and Porcello right. or Porcello Waka, whatever order you want yeah. to do that. Did you see that article, the athletic article the other day um, that Tim Britton wrote? And it was 
Breaking Down Jacob deGrom starts and if they just were like normal, like if the bullpen performed normal, if the offense performed normal, it was the most depressing article. Oh, oh you have to read it. Ugh, because Especially the in 2018, he would have won like 25 games. Yes, and it's because he broke down the numbers with the bullpen too. And yeah, I was like, bad. oh, like it could have made the difference between them getting a wild card last year if they had yeah. just been normal. And <laughs> and for the most part, he pitched into the seventh inning. Why can't you not blow a game for two innings? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> two. I like the idea of an alternate universe when the Mets are just, like, mildly competent. Like, they would be really good. <laughs> they would be really good. Yeah. It's because they, like, the Mets, like, for all for all of how much we talk about, like, how cursed they are, they've stumbled ass backwards into so much luck. Like, yeah. Like, no. <laughs> like, just be normal for two seconds. <laughs> We're not asking for, like, you know, be great. Right. I don't need you all to be like Mariana Rivera, but like just like be fine. Be fine. <laughs> Speaking of how the Mets can never be normal. <laughs> I feel like that's a natural segue to the uh to the I would say elephant in the room, but it's the wild boar in the room. <laughs> I'm just gonna laugh my way through this segment. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to talk more than like two consecutive sentences without laughing. So we haven't discussed the um, wild boar incident. So we recently learned that. Um, so we, we knew that Ioannis Cespedes uh, injured himself on his ranch while he was recovering from double heel surgery. Um, they they immediately were like, it's not horse related. And it's like, well, no one asked if it was horse related. OK. <laughs> Um, and so, like, people really had no idea what happened because the it was shrouded in secrecy what actually happened. And but we did know that the Mets were, you know, kind of thinking they were obviously the resettlement came out, so they knew that maybe it was something risky had happened. Um, but now we've learned that uh, he was injured because of a wild boar. Apparently, uh, obviously, boars are a big problem on these large ranch properties. Um, they like. They screw with everything. That's what the 30 to 50 feral hogs meme is actually all about. <laughs> um, is If you guys, I, I'm going to link this in the show notes. Seriously, people. Um, you guys should check out Radiolab, the podcast. They did an entire episode about the 30 to 50 feral hogs meme. And they interviewed the guy who like made that tweet. And he's actually awesome. <laughs> what? I, I didn't know. realize that. He's actually amazing. And like, like he like they talked to him about like I thought he was gonna be like some like gun toting like asshole but he yeah. wasn't he like loved all of the tweets that he was getting he like loved all the notifications he like he was like <laughs> I love this meme honestly um he was like I just wanted to bring awareness to this problem because it's actually real and no one takes it seriously <laughs> <laughs> we now take it seriously yeah yeah message received message received <laughs> I think I think his um his property and where the podcast takes place was in Texas but obviously Cespedes's ranch is in florida but the same like general problem applies is that these these feral hogs are like a huge in number like they have no natural predators so they just and apparently they like um reproduce really quickly like they have a really fast like turnover cycle and have lots of babies and like no one eats them so they just like reproduce a lot and they're really smart so it's like hard to like 
trap them or keep them at bay. And so Ioannis Cespedes has devised, like, elaborate traps for them, which, like, later, after this New York Post story came out, someone posted, like, a Vice interview he did, like, way back in the day, like, 2017, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Showing the traps that he made for these boars, and they're, like, elaborate. It involves, like, tipping over buckets of corn inside a pen and then, like, quickly pulling the door shut and stuff like that. I would also highly recommend that entire video. I remember watching it, like, when it came out, and it's fantastic. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's the small... The boar part the boar video is like a smaller clip of a bigger yeah. video which is like yeah. all of Cespedes's ranch and like his day-to-day right. activities on the ranch he's like chopping wood and he's like talking about his cows it's phenomenal <laughs> and it's like it's kind of like if you watch that whole video back now you kind of realize like oh yes any one of these things could have been the thing. <laughs> right well Justin Klug is that how you pronounce it uh, came out with a article today for Grand fan graphs uh, called bored to death when <laughs> baseball and the wild boar cross paths oh, no. <laughs> and he goes into the history of wild boars in baseball so it's not just Yoannis. oh yep it, there have been others cool um i think <laughs> i'm pretty sure albert Pujols was wong <laughs> oh, oh tom martin shot a wild boar northwest of port st Lucie, florida <laughs> Is this a Port St. I was just in Port St. Lucie like a few weeks ago too. <laughs> well, I drove through it. But Did you see a wild boar? I saw no wild boars. So now I feel cheated. Yeah, keep yeah. A, keep an eye out for wild boars <laughs> in the future, Kate. You, as our official Florida correspondent. <laughs> oh, we're, God. We're sending you out on our I was, just, I was about to say, can Chris, yeah, Chris, can you pay me to go down and hunt wild boars with you in a Cespedes? Yes, Chris. Send Kate on assignment to Florida to hunt wild boars. That's the plan. Yeah, and maybe if we had Kate there, this wouldn't have happened. Right? I would have... Listen, I would have protected Cespedes. You can can have faith in me. Yeah. I wouldn't have let this happen. Yeah, I would would step in front of a wild boar for you on a Cespedes. Same. But also, what killed me, too? I could not stop laughing. I know, like... His is his livelihood, and we shouldn't be laughing too much. But that picture, the post read, oh, it's where they clearly photoshopped the boar yeah. in. Oh and God, the caption was just, you want to suspend us on his ranch. Like, all normal. There's not a giant hell beast standing <laughs> behind him. So I kept actually, I know some people at the post. I kept meaning to reach out to find out who did this because it's the my favorite homepage art I've ever seen. <laughs> Good. Everything about the presentation of this story too, like the art, like the triple byline. Yeah, I know. They needed three reporters yeah. to break like, this. Time for like an exclusive story. Like I love all of it. <laughs> it's just like it's amazing. So yeah, technically, Cespedes did not lie. He did fall into a hole on his ranch. There were no lies involved. No there. lies. He he was sidestepping the boar. He was like the boar startled him. He like stepped backwards, apparently into a hole, and snapped his ankle in half. That's what so happened. That, apparently, that was all very, very true. That was all true. Yep. Can we very talk quickly talk about my actual favorite part, which was very underappreciated? His agent's name is Kyle Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Like, come, come on. And did you see the picture of him, too? Yeah, he looks exactly like you think he would look. 
I can't. <laughs> like this can't be real. Oh, it's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. This whole thing is amazing. And it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, is there a more quintessentially Mets thing than this? Like, I think not. Yeah. I mean, if other people have gotten hurt in strange ways. There was a whole thread going around about that. So it's just like baseball because baseball players are weird. I mean, I I wrote this article years ago. Remember when Matt's hurt himself sleeping on the Barca lounger? Yep. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> and we were like, I you guys have yeah. lots of money. Sleep on a right. normal mattress. I tweeted well, did this. Jake I'm... need a new mattress at one point, too? He, was like the pillows were bad or something? Something, yeah. yeah I was about to say, like, before that. the 2016 season, yeah. he had to, like, ask Matt Harvey what, what mattress <laughs> he used. Like, LOL Mets is, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. Yes. But they make it so hard sometimes. Yes. Like, it's just, you can't defend this team, even no. if you want to. No, it's, this is insane. And when like, other people try to insult us, it's like, yeah, we know. Yes, They're yes, weird. Yes. It's just, yeah. I, I don't take them seriously. I don't know why anyone else tries to. The other day, I made a tweet about the Yankees, and I got a Yankees fan in my mentions that was like, I was going to come up with an insult, but you're a Mets fan, and I can think of no worse insult than that. And I was like, buddy, oh, please. I yeah. think you're being original here. <laughs> I've had White Sox fans in my mentions for like a week and a half. Yeah, that's, you know, who are you to talk as a Mets fan? Like, I know. Like, I, I know. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I own it. I yeah. own it. But yeah, so this whole thing is just so fantastic. I love everything about it. And this makes me love you on a Cespedes even more. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is his life, you know? This is his life. You can't stop him from living his life on a ranch. He's I also desperately... always been very clear about that. Like, yeah. Like, is a priority. Yes, yes. I desperately need him to bring a board to spring training. Like, desperately need him to bring a board. <laughs> or somebody put a stuffed board in his locker, like Puma oh, or something. That would be amazing. That would be, like, a wholesome version of the dildo incident. <laughs> I mean, he did used to walk up to line. I was just going to say, so we have Simone and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of has to bring back Lion King now. He does. He has no choice, right? You have to own it, yo. And I'm so ready for Cespedes dingers. I want them back so bad. Like, people, like somebody did a compilation of him killing the Phillies, and it was just so beautiful. Can you imagine Cespedes and Pete hitting back-to-back in this lineup? Are we actually thinking he's, like, coming back and playing? No, I need this. Kate. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm sorry. I just, like... It never crossed my mind that he's, like, actually going to play in 2020. Like, I just, like, haven't accepted that as a possibility. It's probably the right way to look at it. <laughs> but I don't know. Wendy Chavez was, you know, out there with him. They seemed to be doing okay. Just throwing him But then that practice. had to get deleted very quickly. Yeah, very but... quickly. <laughs> yeah, the Mets um, were probably like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, we knew, um, you can't play because of the whole thing that we need to figure out funny yeah i mean well his his contract is also now his resettled contract is also now super incentive laden so mm, who knows and according to brody that had nothing to do with them signing dylan batanzas so take that l-o-l uh-huh whatever like i said according to brody 
does anyone believe anything he says now? No. No. Just checking. Just checking. Like, a very good way, and I'm saying this as a journalist, a very good way is to believe that nobody is telling you the truth ever. Yeah. It's just a really good way to go through life if you don't want to, like, have healthy relationships. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, no, I don't believe anything Brody. And, like, the people who get, like, upset when he's clearly lying, like, it's his job. Like, I just don't care what he says. Yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. He goes out there, he says it, we say, "Uh uh-huh, whatever you say, and, like, that's the end of it. Yeah. Especially when he like brags on the like brags about the team and they're like, yeah. oh, Brody's talking about great the Mets are again and they're not great. It's like, yes, we all know that. Right. What's he gonna say? Like yeah. what's he supposed to say? My team sucks. Our team yeah. is bad. Yeah, I wish I could not, spend sorry, more, guys. but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like I feel like that's why the Will Ponds hired him because he is such a good salesman. Yeah. But at this point nobody's buying. Yeah. yeah, it turns out he's not actually that good of a salesman. Yeah, <laughs> Sandy Alderson was much better at it. That, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. In the beginning, I feel like Brody was a good salesman. Like, his opening um, introductory press conference, I was like, yeah, I'm ready to run through a wall for this guy. And it's like, oh, wait, they were all lies. Never mind, carry yeah. on. It fell apart very quickly. Yeah, yes, I it mean, did. because, like, anytime it's because, like, fandom is inherently forgiving right even against your own like rational brain and so like you're willing to give a new person a chance so like everyone gave him a chance because that's what you do and like he you know (laughs) didn't earn it and so and ended up throwing chairs and (laughs) hanging out with they that must not be named in the (laughs) outfield Mm. Yep. Um, so yeah, Wild Boar's done Batanzas. Mets are probably done. They haven't even like attempted to sign a backup catcher, which is something. Ugh. Like, really, you you do kind of have to do that. Like that's you just basic. You know, isn't good. <laughs> mm, <maybe>. Tell me more. <laughs> Forty WRC plus. Is that good? Oh God. <laughs> Asking for a friend. I think I have saw him, I want to say, I don't think it was a grand slam, but I think he hit, like, a three-run home run against the Brewers, like, very early on last yes, year. Yes, he did. I distinctly and remember it. I remember saying, like, he came up to bat, I'm like, if he hits a home run here, I'll have seen everything. And so I was like, well, I guess I've seen everything. <laughs> yep, guess I'm done watching baseball now, that's it. Yep, I'm going home, thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, like... like as a like third string option he's fine but like they really do like wilson ramos is not gonna play that many games again yes he is are you of course he's going to he's his knees are another year older right and nito's defense i feel like fell off last year too it wasn't like he was you know this machine back there that you absolutely couldn't take him out of the lineup for defense alone. Like, no, he was just okay. Yeah, like, he was fine defensively. If you, like, yeah, I guess you put up with a 40 WRC plus as your backup. You can't do that every day. But you put up with a 40 WRC plus as as your backup if he, like, throws out every single runner trying to steal, if he, like, frames everything perfectly. when Syndergaard is pitching, kind of thing. Which he wasn't even, like, good enough to be that. Right. No. (laughs) 
So where's Seven Mezzarocco? Wonder what he's still at home. Still at home. Probably is. Yeah. He's probably at home in Punxsutawney. So they got a big, big holiday coming up in a few weeks. (laughs) I forgot that's where he was. To retire. Forced him to retire. He's still. He's still in Punxsutawney. Cool. Good. It's like, like after they screwed up the catching situation so badly last year, you think they would have learned their lesson, but they have not. Devin Mesoraco and Punxsutawney is actually very apt, now that I'm thinking about it, Groundhog Day, the same thing over and over. (laughs) Like, Devin Mesoraco is, like, your prototypical Matt now. He encapsulates everything Matt's right now. Yeah, he might actually end up being the messiest Matt of the decade. (laughs) (laughs) is is devin mezzarocco the metziest met of the 2010s my column (laughs) i mean oh man there's just way like i thought it was gonna be that harvey but it it might be mezzarocco i mean he was traded for he was traded so yeah that's true that's true inextricably linked to matt harvey so that's kind of another layer yep where is harvey nowadays uh he's on the angels No, I thought they cut him. I thought the Oakland picked him oh, up. Oh, yeah, you're so, right. It's Sandy Alderson, because we were like, oh, yeah. it's the Sandy connection. Oh, oh shit, I forgot about that. Um, so I don't know if he's still with Oakland or not. Um, well, he's no, a free he's a agent. free agent. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's, uh, who knows if he's getting, he's going to get an NRI. He's going to get an NRI, yeah. It very well might be the Mets, actually. Oh, good lord, No. Oh. <laughs> no. I think they, we just need to go our separate ways at this point. I agree, but, like, it's going to be the Mets. I wouldn't be surprised I if the Mets would, tried it. I'd be surprised if Matt Harvey came it. here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he would accept it. Yeah. He'll go pitch in, yeah, Long Island Ducks or something. He's not doing that. Yeah. Well, Devin Mizoraco saw his shadow, so we have six more weeks of Tomas Nito. <laughs> So that's, that's the situation with the Mets. Um, we are, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we get back, we'll discuss some a couple of broader baseball notes, um, and then we'll do some fun off-season television chatter. So stay tuned for that. And we are back. Um, I feel like we do need to briefly address this because it's probably the biggest baseball story floating around right now. Um, The sign-stealing scandal continues to kind of expand. Um, Before, it was... Well, we knew the Red Sox were implicated because they have previously been punished for using technology um, in the dugout. But this is like a new level of finding out what they did. Um, So apparently the Red Sox used video replay. um, They used a video replay room illegally in 2018 uh so now it's not just the astros that have like a you know a camera set up with a tv and everything like that uh apparently the red sox also did it um and it has like fruit of the poisonous tree because cora came from the astros so everything still stems from the astros yeah alex cora is kind of the one through line between the two (laughs) which makes me nervous about beltran that's the thing yeah, you know, um, but the article in The Athletic, uh, when this story broke, does have more like kind of quotes from anonymous players uh, from the 2018 Red Sox. And the my fa- we have to find my favorite one. Where's the favorite one about about the deer? 
that's the best one. Oh, that like made absolutely no sense. I know. I, don't, I still don't know what that quote means. Oh, here it is. <laughs> you got a bunch of people who are really good at cheating, and everybody knows that each other's doing it, said one person with the 2018 Red Sox. It's really hard for anybody to get away with it at that point. If you get a lion and a deer, then the lion can really take advantage of the deer. So there's a lot of deers out there, deers, <laughs> that were... <laughs> that, uh, you know, jocks are smart. That weren't paying attention throughout the season. In the playoffs, now you're going against a lion. Um, <laughs> so, well, first of all, there's, like, so much there. Because, first of all, this this they could only find evidence of the regular season. But this player kind of just told on himself. Because he's mm-hmm. like, now yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. All playoff teams are cheating, essentially, was the quote. Yeah, yeah. And, I like, guess, yeah whatever deers and lions aside whatever the hell that analogy was he basically is saying that everybody's cheating and some teams are not as smart as other teams so you can take advantage of those not smart teams but the smart Mm -hmm. teams are the only ones that make the playoffs so then you just gotta cheat yeah yeah i mean yeah it makes sense and i believe it but then what did cora correa say like, he was all defensive, but he didn't deny it. No, he didn't deny it. Correa, oh, Correa gave a really shitty quote. That he was did. Cool. Well, he, well, first of all, he said he doesn't feel like their title is tainted, but he said something even worse than that. What was it? Very riveting radio while we look this mm-hmm. up. But, yeah, it was but a Houston I, Chronicle I, article. Here, I have yes, it. Yes, yes, it was. It's loading, but, I have it. If you didn't deny it, like, we were, oh, he was like, we I don't know if like maybe it makes me a bad baseball fan I just like can't get worked up about it like everyone's cheating like I'm sure every single team is cheating so the most of them just haven't gotten caught yet but I think me and Allison and Maggie discussed this like we were okay with it if you use stuff that's readily available like on the field yeah but like taking it to another level like adding you know, a whole room or, you know, the technology, that's, that to me is another level that is <laughs> yeah. allowed no, I get that that. to be acceptable. And I think that part of it that makes it feel gross is like, I mean, obviously we all know that these teams are run, like these front offices are run by the shittiest people imaginable, but the fact yeah. that this goes up to the front office level makes me feel really gross like it's it's an organized effort from the top to the bottom like it's one thing when it's just players kind of like doing it on their own and like going rogue but yeah like like, guys in suits like sat down and like planned this in the off season exactly like that is really gross to me i kind of hate that Um, oh, the Correa quote, here it is. This is bad. It's about, it's about Fires, because Fires was the guy who spoke to, mm-hmm. on the record, um, mm-hmm. put his name out there in the initial, like, uh, piece that broke about the Astros. Fires was one of the people that spoke to the media with his name attached to it. So, Correa said about him, he's a grown man and he can do whatever he wants to do. It's a free country. Knowing fires, it was surprising because we were a team. We were a team. We were all together and we had a bond and we won a World Series championship. But this is America, the land of the free. You can say what you want to say. <laughs> like the First Amendment speech. Like, what is that? Like, Dude. Like, but like, you're not denying it. Like, yeah. there's not a simple denial in that whole entire sentence. Mm-hmm. Just I'm mad he told. Yep. Yeah. It's what stays in Vegas, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And that's what what it always has been for a lot of baseball, not just Mm -hmm. this, certainly. Yeah, like, it it just reeks of the whole, like, 
I thought we were on the same team, man. I thought we were we stuck up for each other. I yeah, we you had pros. my back. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's the same stuff with like this comes up with domestic violence all the time. Like the players cop for each other and no one like everyone. I mean, we're certainly not going to accuse anyone of infidelity, but like, yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's... you're not supposed to tell on your brothers. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's 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 a it's a boy. It's a boys club and they're all like in it together. And if you say and if you go against that, then. Like, you're ostracized, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's... The the cheating continues to expand. I mean, like Kate said, like, every team is doing it. I kind of... I think we were talking about this recently in, in Slack. Like, I kind of take solace in knowing that the Mets are probably too stupid to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they yeah. were doing this, at, at least at this level. Like, I, I accept that every team is doing a low-level version of this, at least. Probably the Mets, too. Um but, like, if the Mets were doing it to this, like, level that the Red Sox and the Astros are doing it with the whole, like, rooms and, like, from top to bottom, the whole, like, organ- organization-wide effort, like, they would have been caught by now. They're way too stupid oh, yeah. to pull this off. So. Oh, the feed would have, like, ended up, like, on SNY Live, like, during <laughs> game broadcast. Yeah. A Mets player would have, like, tripped on a wire during a game and hurt himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it would have been, like, DeGrom. It wouldn't have been, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> like that's how that ends i at least take solace in that um but yeah so this is kind of like slightly connecting to my next point but the 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 tweet i made that made the yankees fans mad was that like obviously the yankees especially yankees fans and dodgers fans are like extra indignant about this because now like two teams that they lost to in in the playoffs mm-hmm. are the cheating teams um, and I kind of, <laughs> I made the Yankees fans mad because I was like, um, well, Yankees fans during the steroid era, count our rings, haters, Yankees fans now, oh no, we lost to cheaters. It's like, well, I don't yeah. know you can be mad. Um, and like the Dodgers are literally crimes.xlsx. Like, don't pretend your team is innocent. Like, come on. I don't know. I mean, I understand on a fandom level, like on a visceral fandom level, being upset because if this if we found out that like the 2015 Royals did this I know Mets fans would be like super super upset so I get it but like your team like you your teams are also smart teams Yankees Dodgers so you guys are probably also doing this (laughs) yeah I feel like I thought there was something with the Yankees a few years ago but I might be making that up maybe because they were just always complaining about other teams doing it uh, I know the Red Sox accused them of cheating. Yeah, I don't know maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And that's, I think that's in the Athletic article about the Red Sox. That, like, let me yeah. see. Um, that the Yankees had, like, accused them of doing stuff. But I also, I also, th- there was also um, the thing that, like, the other teams were saying that they were, like, pretending to, they were, like, whistling randomly to like oh, yeah, yes. think they were cheating when they weren't cheating. Oh, here. It was ESPN said the Red Sox said that they had a video of a camera focused on a Red Sox bench coach stealing signs. Two steal okay. signs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that was ever confirmed or even investigated, but yeah. That was 2017. 
oh yeah, oh yeah, here it is. And then like, according to a source, MLB previously had given the Yankees approval to use the camera, which the uh-huh. team viewed as a coaching tool. Yeah, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So like, the Yankees were never like officially punished for that because it would never like officially broke the rules in any way. But yeah, yeah. some obviously some shady stuff happened. Yeah, there it's too. fishy. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's well, also sorts apparently of... the punishments are about to come down. Um, the, Jeff Passan just had an article yesterday, I believe, yeah. saying that they're ex- the penalties are expected to be severe. So, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who exactly they punish too? Like, does yeah. the front office get punished? Well, does they the said players get be- punished. I don't remember if it was him or Rose. Someone said it wasn't going to be the players, which I guess is maybe Beltran at this point still. Yeah. I don't know. I think Probably. someone, yeah. I think someone tweeted that it wasn't going to be any players, and then someone more yeah. Mets specific tweeted like Beltran will not get probably will not get punished. I think it was Martino, so be careful. Oh um, boy, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that has an asterisk on it. <laughs> asterisk Andy Martino of MetsBlog.com. Um, so, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. At least doesn't feel like Carlos Beltran is going to be punished. Um, but I like that the what's his name. The Astros front office guy, I think, is in deep How? shit. Lunau. Is it Lunau? Well, Lunau, but, like, the, the guy who was in the scouting department. Oh. Who, like, yeah. He, like, helped orchestrate it. I can't oh. remember. Uh, Kevin Goldstein. Yes. Yes, 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 that's it. Yeah. I think he's in deep shit. Um, I but, think... like we said with Talkman, too, it doesn't matter. Cause this whole organization stinks. No, like, yeah. clearly there's a culture there. You're just going to bring in another guy in a suit and he'll come up with something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of um, punishments coming down, um, the other, like, kind of quick baseball note is that um, Domingo Herman has been punished. Um, he has an 80-game suspension, um, which is essentially, like, as big of a suspension as they do for domestic violence. Um, and... Uh, Lindsay Adler wrote a really good article in The Athletic about, like, how how the MLB domestic violence policy works. Um, And it's, like, you know, a very... It's not, like, an uh, an article that argues if it's bad or good. It just is an explanatory article. And I think that if you want more insight into how it works, you should read it. Um, It's really good. But um, bringing in other previous episode themes... Uh, speaking of salty Astros fans, she got mm-hmm. bullied online for this article randomly by a random talk Houston talk radio guy. It was ridiculous. The Astros fans get so defensive about this. I'm like, you really want to die on a hill on for domestic violence? Like, that's what you want to go to bat for? I mean, there are Mets fans who do it. We yep, all know who I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, basically, like, she she did this very, like, you know, like, fact-based, like, heavily researched article that was not an article of, not that there's no place for articles of passion or opinion on this subject, I've written a couple of them myself, but, like, 
she did a very like fact-based article it was not meant to incite any debate about domestic violence but then like it was just like this is how the policy works and then he was like oh the yankees get covered one way and the astros get covered another way and she was like dude i've never written about the astros like what are you talking about again she's not a national columnist either yeah like why would she care i mean she probably does care but her job is to write about the yankees and this very specific suspension happened to a player on the yankees also to act like domingo herman is a comparable like situation to roberto usuna is ridiculous when domingo herman was already on the yankees when this happened whereas the astros took advantage of and leveraged domestic violence to acquire roberto osuna completely different although the yankees did that with chapman so you know but that's like not what he was referencing <laughs> so it was pretty ridiculous but you know dudes having a normal one online is you know par for the course yep. um <laughs> <laughs> anyway. and she handled it very well too. she did like props to Lindsay. yeah she did she's great um but anyway, on to happier subjects. So the reason why we had Kate on, other than to talk about baseball, was to talk about TV. Um, because Kate writes about TV for the New York Daily News and, and entertainment generally. Um, and she recently came out with her favorite shows of 2019. So Kate, can you real quick just like recap your process, how you chose the shows, what you ultimately came up with, and like what shows you really loved? in the past yeah so you did spoil my series so it's technically it's a top 10 it's not my favorite it's the best objectively which, the best objectively the best i am a professional here <laughs> <laughs> and it like it obviously does end up being like my favorites like i snuck on, i mean i snuck on the other two at the bottom and i snuck on dickinson which i had no right doing <laughs> but like it's it's something that i know that i do every Every year, so like I'm always very aware of what I'm watching, kind of thing. And I wrote this in the article, like for like probably the first three months of the year, like I and everybody else thought that Russian Doll was gonna be the best show of the year, and it was. It was phenomenal. Natasha Leone is great. The show was great. It ended up being my number four. It could have you know slotted up or down a few slots. But this was, like, actually a really good year for TV, which doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a thousand and one TV shows. Actually, the number came out today. Hold on. Let's see. FX put it out. 532 scripted limited series comedies and dramas this year. Wow. That's wow. television. I'm just going to say that is too much television. That is. You don't need that many shows. It's fun. But, like, and there's that. Stuff that I liked that other people didn't. There's stuff that I liked that wasn't good. And, like, that's always a very clear distinction for me. Is like, I like some really garbage television shows. There's nothing wrong with that. We all need those trash, like, guilty pleasures. Right. And, like, and I'm aware of that. Like, I'm never saying they're good. I'm just saying I love them. So this is always, like, good shows for me. Um, Fleabag was my, and I think everyone else in the world's number one, and well-deserved. It was just a genuinely flawless season of television. Don't watch it with your parents. Probably don't. It's a little graphic, but it's perfect. And then it just, I mean. Did that win the Golden Globe? It did. It won. 
It won Best Comedy and it won Best Actress in the Comedy. Um, it won all the Emmys last year. Like we're like okay. taking the award cycle for Fleabag now. I think we're done officially. But yeah, uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, who did the first season of Killing Eve, um, they hired her to come in and rewrite the new James Bond because they oh yeah damn like yeah like she's fantastic. Um, and Fleabag was great, and it was a dark comedy, and it was like it was sexy, and it was funny, and it was depressing, and it was kind of everything that I needed it to be. And What's it even about? Because all I keep hearing is Fleabag, Fleabag, and I'm like, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> um, it's about this woman who does not have a name. Oh. Um, and it's just like I don't want to spoil too much, okay. but it's just like about her in London, and like trying to find love and you get some family stuff and you have her best friend who is dead but I won't tell you how or why or anything. Was it like present day? Yeah. It's okay. yes. It's totally modern. It you know it like takes place like today. Okay. Um yeah I keep like Fleabag is like top of my list for yeah. like it's also a really easy binge. Like I think both seasons are like eight episodes each oh, and they're short episodes. Yeah. It's on Amazon. It's super easy. It's super well worth it. Um it is it's like it's really dark but it's so funny and the characters are great. Um it also she so part of the appeal is that she breaks the fourth wall throughout it. Oh. And like other shows have done that like to various levels of success, but like how she does it here is just so flawless. And this is supposedly, this, you know, supposedly only going to be two seasons. And I actually believe her and I hate her for it. <laughs> but you want to go out on a high note. Right. And, no, and very, very few TV shows do this. Is they actually end when they should end as opposed to when the money dries up. Yep. But. Yeah, like Good Place, unfortunately. Yeah. Good Place is ending. Right. Um, I talked to Michael Schur a few months ago. And this was always the plan. Like, he had, you know, four seasons laid out. He pushed his four seasons. They gave him four seasons. Yep. It's actually, like, isn't it? Well, it just aired, like, while we were speaking. Yes. <laughs> but I DVR'd it, so it's cool. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I DVR'd it, too. <laughs> I've seen it. It was I've seen the first, or the two newest episodes. They're great. It's perfect. It's The ending better be perfect, because they've set up a lot here. Yeah. Like, their whole show has been pretty solid throughout, so they need to have a good ending. Yeah, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, it's not. I was like, I was getting like a bit bored of all of the reboots. Like, I yeah. needed action, and we're getting there. Um, like it, like it needed to end. Yes, like there was sure. only so many times you can start over. For sure. And you, so you follow up Fleabag with two like fantastic. <laughs> shows based on true events which are you know dark in and of themselves in a completely different way than Fleabag is dark I I've seen when they see us I have not seen unbelievable just because I like and it's that's again along with right next to Fleabag top of my list right now it's just one of those things where like I know what's coming in the first episode and I just like can't watch it yet (laughs) I also put unbelievable off for a really long time um and then I ended up binging it in like a weekend Oh, wow. The nice thing, so, and these two work, like, how they work together. 
when they see us is just dark and depressing, like start to finish. Yeah. I watched it all in one day, and that was a terrible decision because I, was, I really okay, see, yeah, that's I, a lot. I, <laughs> I think every single person I could not to do that. I think I also told you not to do that. I know it was bad. I did it anyway. <laughs> because I did that. Um, they put us in a the basement of a hotel for what six hours, whatever it is, and we just watched it straight for Ooh. the press screening. I like walked out of that place. I had no idea where I was. I didn't know. I just like it broke me. Yeah, I stared at it a was wall for like ten minutes. Yeah, but it was it was phenomenal, but so it was good. just, it guts you. And I have, you know, I'm 27-year-old white girl from Florida. Like, I have no experience with any of this. Yeah. And it's still how Ava DuVernay did it. Just, you feel everything that they were going through. Yeah. And then unbelievable, it's not as dark as you think it's going to be. Very heavy topic. Like, obviously, rape is never going to be, like, enjoyable to talk about. But the story is interesting. And Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette are so good. as like a buddy cop film on the yeah. other side of it. that it absolutely works together somehow. And so you do have, like, this dark, depressing, grim story. But then you also have these two. And it balances beautifully. So it's not as heavy as you think it is. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it. I'm definitely yeah. gonna watch it. That's Yeah. I put it yeah, I put it off for a long time because I just like couldn't deal with it. Yeah, yeah that's but... me right now. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like I just I I feel like you need to be in the right frame of mind. That's exactly what it is. I was like, then... I'll wait for a day when I'm in a good headspace. Like when am I ever in a good headspace? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I just got to do it, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely do it. But all, I mean, watch all of the shows I say are the best shows of the year. Yes, obviously. But like, <laughs> like those three are so good in such different ways. And Russian Doll is also the same. It's, it's like heavy topics, but they work together. Yeah, for sure. And then as we go down, we have Shit's Creek is next, which... <laughs> I have heard so much about from, from mostly from you because I think I feel Good. like that's like one of your personal faves, right? It is. It is absolutely one of my personal favorites. Um, it's so funny. It's the cast is great. It's Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, who, if you don't know, your parents know. I promise. <laughs> is Eugene Levy's son on it too? Yeah he, yeah, he also he created the show actually oh. and hired his dad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dan Levy created. He stars in it. Um, and actually, Eugene's daughter is also in it, which is kind of funny. It's a very family affair. Do they uh, all yes. look alike? Um, Eugene and Dan do. Um, Sarah does not as much, mostly just because she doesn't have the eyebrows. Oh, <laughs> that's really good for her. <laughs> probably good for her, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's genuinely one of the funniest shows. I am essentially constantly re-watching Shit's Creek. It's just like on repeat on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's so funny, and everyone missed it for a few seasons. Like so did I. Um, yeah, I but... feel like it just like came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was I went to a taping of Stephen Colbert. I want to say a couple years ago, and Dan Levy was his final oh. guest, and. 
he was talking about it. And I feel like that might have been like when it first came out or it was still relatively new. Because I'm like, I had never heard of this. Yeah, and then cool. it just kind of, I guess, blew up. Yeah. I think that a lot of that was critics, honestly. Like everyone kind of like discovered it and then did our jobs. But um, that is the final season started, I guess, last night. Two nights ago? I don't know. This week, some point. How many seasons have there been? Um, This is the sixth and final. Oh, okay. So, but it's also, it's another, they're half hour episodes. Like, it's a really easy binge. They are all on Netflix now. And the character work in this show is better than I've seen in almost anything. Like, you can take, like, it's like this, I don't know if, you know, if you know the plot, but like this uber-rich family loses all their money moves to this tiny little, like, white trash town and, like, has to figure their lives out. And those characters are so easy to hate, and you're supposed to in the beginning. That kind of sounds like Arrested Development. Yeah, I can kind of see. I never liked Arrested Development. Oh, I love Arrested Development. That's a hot take. (laughs) They are, like, this this family is far more likable as they go on. And, like, to the credit of the character building. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Succession is the one on this list I know the least about, I think. Mm -hmm. AKA, I basically know nothing about it. Yeah. I, so I actually had not finished, I still haven't finished Succession. I'm like three episodes away from done. Two, three. It's, it's another super rich family. They don't lose their money. They're just trying to get more money. Um, it's a media company, so it's a little too close to home for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The acting is very good. And the like the appeal of watching like obscenely rich people that like you will never be able to relate to on TV, I get it. Like it's this like we all watch Gossip Girl for the same reason. Like you will never understand like that level of wealth. Yeah. But Secession, like they're all horrible human beings. Who's in it? Um, Brian Cox is the lead. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, who's great? Um, I'm, it's one of the. Call it on. I'm blanking on it. Uh, Karen Culkin. I couldn't remember which one it was. Um, he's yeah, Alan Ruck from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Jeremy Strong. It's a good cast. Um, but it's just, it's like, it's a group of horrible people all trying to screw each other over. And that just, <laughs> I don't, like, that's about right. Yeah. And a, like, a lot of people love this show. And I think it's very well done. It's just like, we see this in daily life. Like, I just don't really need to see this on TV as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very good. Like, it's a really good television show. Was it based on anything? Um, Supposedly, it's based on uh, Rupert Murdoch, but we're not supposed to say that out loud kind of thing. <laughs> yes, that, that sounds right. Yeah, but, you know, it's there are there are a few media media owning companies that you can take some hints from. Uh-uh. Yeah. And then wasn't like billions based on Steve Cohen. <laughs> Yeah, that is, it's one of the characters, like, he's based on one of the, or one of the characters is based on him, yeah. I forget which one. <laughs> They're all the same, like, I get the appeal of, like, again, like I said, like, I like watching, like, these, like, ridiculously horrible, like, super rich people, but only sometimes. 
Yeah, I can imagine that gets old kind of yeah. fast. <laughs> so like, maybe there's that's only not so a much binge, horrible but you just watch yeah. it over time. Right. But um the ne- the next one on this list is is Watchmen, which I have heard is like is one of those rare like superhero things that like can bridge the gap into like not superhero fans. So a Poto secret. I have not watched a second of Watchmen. I don't even know <gasps> that I've watched a trailer, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Linda's the expert here then. No, I haven't seen like I just did research <laughs> on it, but um like wasn't it based on like like I want to say like race riots or yeah. yes. Yeah. Um it opens with the Tulsa race riots, which is a lot. Yes. Yes, because I was reading up on it, and I was yeah. like, "Ooh, how does how they pull that off?" Like, yeah, and supposedly it was like really graphic too. Like it was like a very like sturdy representation of the Tulsa race riots. So how do you take that and turn it into like superheroes? If somebody wants to tell me, <laughs> I, like I've asked, I've asked people who love this show, and they just like can't explain it to me. And I think that's part of the appeal. It's just just like so weird. But I just, I genuinely, listen, I read, I wrote it. You can think I read, I watched the show. Not a clue. <laughs> if you like it, great. I'm glad you have a show to watch. Because I just, yeah, like everybody just seems to, to love it. But I just, I don't get how they pulled it off. Yeah, I am not entirely sure. And like, there's like, I know there's like a giant squid at some point. Oh, I have heard the okay. same, yes. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I am still not entirely sure. And I don't, I kind of don't want to know, honestly. Like, I'm fine with that just existing out of my realm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how I mostly feel about most superhero things. But I I, yeah. I, I, I dabble in it, is what I'll say. I'll, I dabble in it. Like, I've, uh, like I've seen some of yeah. it. I've seen Black Panther. I've seen <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, okay, I'll just I'll just take a pick of the movies that I want. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't care what you watch. Like, yeah, yeah, I exactly. Don't care if you don't like each their own, you do right. There's so much. I also don't care if you don't like TV or like I just like whatever. I also my thing is always I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Just like whatever you want. Like yep. I do not care. I'm not going to judge you. I don't care. Let people enjoy things. Right. I feel that right. way about music too. Like when yeah, people are like exactly. snooty about like, oh, that's not like good music. It's like, who cares? Right. You don't know the music. <laughs> you bridgers. No, it's fine. I don't care. I'm still listening to all time low. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm just like, I really liked High Hopes before Pete Buttigieg ruined it, okay? <laughs> and I'm still going to listen to the song anyway. Right, like it's just, it's fine. Like I just, I just, I'm too tired to like judge people for their taste. I really am. Yeah, it's just like there's so much there. There's so much out there that like makes people like. There's so many takes that are genuinely bad. Like who cares about like right. what TV shows people like? Yeah. Oh no, you didn't like The Watchmen. Nope, it's fine. It's fine. The other one that I do want to talk about that's on this list, though, is the other two, because I have not seen it, but this is the other one besides Fleabag that I've been told by other people I would like. <laughs> it's a, So, it's amazing. And, like, nobody watches it, and I get it, because who watches Comedy Central anymore? 
but it is generally one of the funniest shows I think I've ever seen. I'm going to watch this at some point. Yeah. I am. It's, yeah. Drew Tarver and Helene York, and their little brother becomes, like, an overnight, like, YouTube star. And it's just, like, them, like, figuring out how to have, like, this famous little brother and just exist in this world. And it's so funny. And it's very crude and it's very dark, but it's fantastic. Wait, I'm excited. Which show is this? The other, other two? two. Oh, I have not heard of this. Yeah, most people haven't. I promise. I heard about <laughs> it first on another podcast, and I, I think it was—I oh, think it might have been Pop Culture Happy Hour, actually. Yeah. Um, which is like one of my favorite. Like that's how I like keep in touch with pop culture is by listening to that podcast. Otherwise, I would probably never have any idea what's going on in like the real world. At better times, but. Yeah, I uh, genuinely don't remember how I found this, but it's so funny and it's so clever. Yeah, it's I'm excited to watch it because it sounds like it's kind of like up my alley, too. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just it's an absolutely ridiculous show. Yeah. And it's great. So the other thing before we leave the world of entertainment, I want to ask you, Kate, do you have any hot Golden Globes takes Oh, can Ricky Gervais go away? That's my whole <laughs> love tactic. I cannot stand that man. The worst. The worst. Like, I just don't, I don't find a single thing he says funny. Yeah. Like, I think I went through, like, a slightly edgelordy phase, like, a while back where I, like, kind of, like, found some of the stuff he said funny, but, like, I'm way over it. Like, yeah, way I over it. Oh, I don't... Okay. Can I just say I didn't watch it? Will you judge me for that? I won't. I also okay. wouldn't watch it if I wasn't paid to do so. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. I no. I saw clips of it after. That's what I did. I watched no. clips of some of the speeches. I watched the clip of those cringy Gervais stuff, and that's what I did. Yeah, like, there were some good speeches. Like, Michelle Williams was great. Yes. Fantastic. Like, why can't they just have like, <laughs> Colbert and Tina Fey host every year? <laughs> I'm sure they get bored, yeah. Yeah. Oscars are going to be hostless again, apparently. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Poor Carrie Burke is still scared of a host, and I don't blame her. The ABC president, yeah, she's like, no, we're just not going to do that. I'd rather not. I'd rather not have everyone on the internet hate me. Listen, (laughs) less work for me on Oscars night, so. Yep, yep. So do you think that any of these, like, and do you think that any of these, like, Golden Globes, I know, like, the Golden Globes has its own, like, weird culture compared to the Oscars. Like, it doesn't necessarily translate one to the other, but do you think that anything, like, has momentum because of the Golden Globes that will translate? 1917 was, like, the biggest surprise of the night, mostly because there weren't many surprises of the night. Is yeah. that even out yet? Um, it is. I it think is. Christmas-ish. Okay. Um... I've heard it was very good. It's, like, very not my kind of movie. Same. Yeah, war movies. Yeah. But I've heard, like, it was shot beautifully. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, I think he's a very good actor. I also like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. So maybe I'll watch it for him. But, like, yeah. And I've been told that, like, because I was, like, like, somebody said, like, oh, the movie was really good. And I was, like, "Eh, I don't really like war movies. And they were, like, you'd be surprised at how, like, little gunfire there is in this movie like it's not actually about like the the trailer is all gunfire yeah and like explosions it makes it seem like very very war-y but apparently it's not that 
war-y is what yeah. I've been told. But again, I And Sam it. Mendes, who directed it, like did like several of the James Bond movies. Oh yes, yes. So like he's well known. Um yeah. good at his job. Yeah. So but, yeah, maybe he was married to Kate Winslet for a little bit. Was he? I thought so. Or am You're I making right. that up? No, you oh, are damn. right. I wow. I had no idea. <laughs> That's funny. Pulled that one out. They have a kid together, too. Okay, isn't it like Bear or something? Joe. So close. a <laughs> kid named Bear? She might have with another. I don't know. Does she have another kid? I thought so. I could have sworn it was Bear. I mean, guessing um, a weird name for a celebrity is probably a good guess, but you got the one kid who's named Joe. Yes, <laughs> Bear, please. <laughs> I don't know who Bear uh, Blaze's parent is. Uh, um, Richard Branson's nephew is what? her third husband. Weird. That's weird. Right. Sure. I really don't know who Bear Blaze is. Today I Fuck. learned via Jeopardy that uh, Conan O'Brien and Dennis Leary are cousins. I saw yeah. that. We were watching that before. And I was like, I knew that. I was like, the hell? <laughs> Incredibly random. Very strange. Theory's related to somebody else too, but I can't remember. Maybe, maybe it was Conan. Maybe Maybe that's what I'm thinking. You knew this and didn't know you knew it. Yeah. So, who do you think is best picture this year? It might end up being 1917. Actually, I thought I thought Irishman was gonna be. The favorite, and then it was complete. Was it completely shut out? I think it didn't win anything. I, think, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I thought that was one of the big yeah, Mar- things. Marriage Story got my, Laura Dern won for Marriage Story, and Irishman is completely shut out. And I don't know if the Globe, if the the Oscars are going to like Netflix more. I still don't know why the HFPA decided not to award Netflix at all. But it, I think 1917 might actually be. The favorite going into this, which is kind of wild. Yeah, it is. It because you've heard like nothing about it until like two weeks ago. Right. Part of the problem is the all, all of the award shows are like really early this year. That's what I thought. I was like, yeah. why are the Globes on already? Yeah, I don't like it. I I like it in that they're all crunched together because I can just like have a hell of a week for six weeks and then it's done. Yeah, but. But yeah, they are very early, which is not helping some of like the later shows or like the later movies. Yeah, like Just Little be- Women got the complete snub. Right, because nobody oh. had time to see it. Yeah. Um, I think that'll end up getting a Oscar nomination. I hope so. But I don't know that it wins. Yeah, probably not. But hopefully it'll get nominated at least. That's like... Usually, like, this is a weird year for me, because usually, like, I'm interested in at least, like, a good half of the Oscar-nominated, like, Best Picture-nominated films. I've either seen a fair few of them or, like, have plans to see. This year, Little it's Little Women and nothing else. Like, I've not seen any of those movies. Anything either. Knives Out was great. Oh, I'm seeing that Saturday. So no spoilers. I won't spoil anything. But I keep I hearing it's amazing. A lot. That's what Knives I keep hearing too. I want to see it so bad. One of the best things I've seen in a very long time. 
All right, I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, and, see, uh, yeah. Oh, I, somehow I've avoided spoilers. So. That's impressive, actually. Oh, I don't know yeah. anything either. Maybe I will see it because, like, <laughs> I can be convinced. Because that one, like, when I saw the trailer, I was like, mm. and but like everybody loves it, so I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah. It's um, great. It's so much fun. Well, I was like, James Bond and Captain America are in it. Like, how could you go <laughs> yeah. wrong? True. Not, right. True. The cast is great, and like that's like only like third more like and most impressive part of the movie wow i have i have heard very like mixed things about uncut gems like some people yeah i, know, I have too. really loved it my parents hated it like hated it everyone i know loves it but they said it was just like so much that's what that's like, why they hated it yeah um, i can't right, i was gonna say i can absolutely see that like it's just like overwhelming for two and a half half hours my mom was like that movie just like gave me anxiety and that's all that happened yeah (laughs) i just had anxiety for two and a half hours (laughs) and i was like okay i don't think i'm gonna see this movie (laughs) but but yeah but i can be i can be convinced for knives out and i'm i'm gonna see little women because yes yeah the cast in that looks unbelievable too Oh, I'm so excited for Little Women. Mm-hmm. I I need to see it. I'm so pumped for it. I need to actually like make a plan to see it. But you know. Um. So yeah. Any other any other final takes on TV? Well, I just want to thank Kate for recommending Prodigal Son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> great tv yes i was like because i saw i think you either tweeted it or you wrote an article i wrote about it yeah yes you did yes (laughs) and um i was like okay i'll give it a shot and like i missed the first couple episodes because it's on mondays i think right yeah yeah and i think the mets were still on on mondays at that point so um so i missed the first few episodes and then i was like okay um I have to catch up. And then I like binged like the first oh, four episodes in like one night. And I was like, absolutely- I probably should have done that before bedtime, but <laughs> it was amazing. It's absolutely insane and I am obsessed with it. Michael Sheen is so good. Like he's he yeah. had me laughing. I'm like, why am I laughing at this? <laughs> Michael Sheen, I think, might have had the best 2019 of anybody between yeah. that good omens. And he was on a show called The Good Fight, which nobody watches, but it's The Good Wife spinoff. Oh, yes, I heard of that, yeah. He's playing, like, not Roy Cohn, and he was just drunk all the time, and it was fantastic. And he just, <laughs> I think Michael Sheen was just, like, like uh, living on air for all of 2019. That's what I'm saying. It seems like he's having, like, the time yeah. of his life. Like, God bless him. Like, good for Michael Sheen. Yeah, there's, like... There's like winning all the awards, but then there's just like wi- living yeah. your best life, right? Which is what he is doing. Which yeah. is what he's doing. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, this is this is what we do in the off season, folks. In case you didn't realize, just watch TV and movies. Like that's what I do, literally. Like during baseball season, I don't watch any TV or movies. Like I'm totally ignorant about like pop culture. Yes. And then I'm just like, all right baseball off season time to binge all the tv and movies that i didn't watch during the regular season and catch up on like what everybody else like is already like up to date on that's how i operate (laughs) 
You see, that should be me, but then I go into a hockey season. I'm like, well, now I'm still behind. Oh, yeah. And I didn't scream once. I was watching the Rangers and Devils, and I kept it together. During this whole time? Good job, yes. Linda. Proud of you. I was like, because they don't know. I'm like, this isn't like the Mets. I'm like, I can't scream like I usually do. Can't get my life takes. I know. That's See, that's so the advantage of only caring about one sport, Linda, is that there is like an actual off season and then I do everything. I read books. I watch TV. I like behave like a normal human being. I've read books. I read A Man Called Uva. Yes. Best book. Oh, my God. That book. Uh. Best book. Yeah, Cried Buckets. Yep. So good. We'll do a book episode at some point. We will. I promise. Maybe in February. Let's do a book episode in February. Linda. Okay. Let's yeah. Let's mark that one down. Books. Books. February will be books. Cool. <laughs> On that Before note. spring training, because we'll probably have a lot to talk about when yes. spring training starts. So we'll, like the beginning of February, we'll beginning have to be February, books. February, we'll bring you a book episode. We'll, we'll talk about books. Um, so we will, we're going to take one more break. Um, and when we get back, we will end the show with walk-off wins like we always do. So stay tuned for that. All right. And we are back. Time to wrap things up with walk-off wins where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Kate Feldman, what is your walk-off win? I did an incredibly bad week. And the only good thing was, and this is a very, very, very good thing, but it's pretty much for me and me alone. Um, Fran Drescher is taking the Danny to Broadway as a musical written by Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, yes. wow. I love Crazy yeah. Ex-Girlfriend. Like, there are some things that I'm just convinced are, like, made in a lab for me, and this is one of them. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, like, quite an epic, like, yeah. team up right there. Yeah, there's so much going on, and I love all of it. Shout out to Kellyanne Healy, who's the other person who this is for. (laughs) Um, Linda, what is your walk-off win for this week? My walk-off win, um, I I don't know if I should admit to this, but um, I've never really flown before. And um, so I had a wedding in Toronto, so I had to fly by myself, which was terrifying um i was convinced like i would miss security and be arrested as like a canadian terrorist um (laughs) uh, like all the worst case scenarios in my head like i'd get arrested i'd forget my passport um the plane would crash like pretty much everything that could go wrong i played out in my head but but you're here but i am here i survived it was only an hour flight which was nice uh, to toronto and um oh but the plane coming back oh man it was that monday when it was rain wind um yeah i was convinced the plane was going down at one point but um i was like is anybody else freaking out or is it just me um but um toronto's lovely i had a great time um it wasn't cold it was a lot like here it was like you know 40s um i would go back i passed the rogers center which looked nice um we passed where the raptors play like we were pretty much like right in like where everything is in toronto um and what what was cool is 
like in their subways like to the like at what point is the subway but then they have like an underground like mall where you yep. can just walk it up like, that's such a great idea yep because every because it's canada and it gets cold and it's and so cold mm-hmm. yeah like that's such a great idea atlanta and so, has that too actually they have like a whole underground mall yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, like Toronto's way ahead of us, man. Like <laughs> it was all clean, it was nice, everybody was nice. Um, and then I also got to the hockey hall of fame, which made me really happy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, like so, like I went to Cooperstown a couple of years ago, and it I obviously couldn't compare to Cooperstown because it's a lot smaller. It's in a mall, which was <laughs> weird. Um, but I got to see, you know. I went all the way there just to find New York Rangers stuff. <laughs> of course. And then, like, I kind of kept forgetting where I was. Like, like, oh, wait, I'm in Canada. They don't care. Like, they care about their Canadian teams. Um, but they, they definitely do love their hockey there. Like, there was this little boy, like, I don't know. He could barely walk. and But they had, like, like simulated stuff where you could, like, shoot on a goalie. And he was, like, oh. having a good time just shooting the puck. And he could barely walk. Like, he was, like, maybe a year old. I was, like, I'm pretty sure they're born with hockey sticks in their hands up here. Yeah, they, they oh. skate better than they walk. Yes. <laughs> so, I survived my trip to Canada. I'm glad I went because I had such anxiety before it. Um, but I had a good time. The wedding was nice. Congratulations, Tiffany, who's still on her honeymoon. Uh, <laughs> so she probably won't hear this. Uh, so congratulations to Tiffany and Dan. Uh, and Dan, who was a big Rangers fan. And the day of the wedding, the Rangers were playing into Toronto. And I was like, oh, if only it was another day I could have gone to the game. Because it's probably a lot cheaper to go to a game in Canada than it is in, in New York. Very but, rude of them to not schedule their wedding around. I know. I was like, Dan, you're a Rangers fan. How could you do this to me? Um, but yeah, no, I recommend Toronto. It's a quick, easy trip. It's an hour by by plane. Um, one of the, our waitresses was like, yeah, we got a lot of New Yorkers up here. So um, I think I would go back now that I know I can travel and not have a complete freak out. Yeah. And uh, maybe go see a Blue Jays game because see, Allison, you went to see the Blue Jays, right? I did. When I was, in, I went to Toronto for the first time in July of of 2019 because uh, my very close friend from college lives there um, because her husband is doing his postdoc at University of Toronto. Um, so I visited and I got to stay for free, which is the best. Got to sleep on their couch, which is awesome. Um, and yeah. Oh, and their, their apartment building is like right in the middle of everything. So like we got to do everything. We went to a Blue Jays game. I, I didn't go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, but I could see it from her window, which was cool. Um, so I know it like has like the glass top and everything. Um, but yeah, like we went to a Blue Jays game. It was really fun. I had a great time. Um, Blue Jays walked it off actually, which was cool. It was really fun. It was Blue Jays Angels, I think. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. Um, I had French fries and I got to see, so I highly recommend, uh, either going to a Blue Jays game. And if you can't, the next best thing is looking it up, uh, looking up video online, look up the Blue Jays, uh, seventh inning stretch thing. It's very weird in the best way possible. It's very weird. I am glad I went. I did 
I did like it. So that's yeah. me. Awesome. Um, so my walk off win this week is also TV related. Um, so speaking of TV, um, I just am gonna talk about two things that I've been watching lately that are bringing me joy because that's, you know, simple joys in life are good. Um, so I love, like many people, uh, when I'm stressed out, one of my favorite things to watch is Great British Bake Off because it's just like so soothing and like everyone's nice to each other and they just like bake sweets and it's very like it's like a nice show to watch like while you're doing other stuff um and it's just like i i love it um and so over during the holiday season there was the great american baking show um and it was like a holiday special and it was like um it was like a whole season but like squeezed into like three or four shows three or four like two hour long like marathons um and so i just really enjoyed watching the great american bake-off so that's one of the things um and then the other show that i'm enjoying currently is the jeopardy greatest of all time tournament which i know that pizza as a whole has been really enjoying um you want to know who won today or did you dvr it no i didn't dvr it i like you know like quit halfway through so you can tell me Okay, I'm pretty. Ken won the first one. Like Ken, kind of uh, like blew them out, and then I'm pretty sure James won the second one. Nice. So I think Ken and James are tied now, aren't they? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, for two two games apiece. So it's isn't it like the next game they like don't yeah. they win? Whoever wins the next game wins. It's a, yeah, it it's up to three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um. So yeah, we, we they have a uh, they have the three like greatest jeopardy champions of all time you have um you have brad who won the most money right at once yeah isn't that his thing he won the most money at once of of any of them and then uh ken obviously ken jennings won the most games in a row and then james tolhauser won the most like total money right that's the that's what distinguishes each of them i think so because James is the one that, like, goes all in on every bet, so he wins, like, a shit ton of money every time. Well, he's because... a poker player. Yeah, yeah. That's just what he does. Plus, like he's the one that, gambler. like, yeah, who got really aggressive, too. Yeah. And, like, kind of revolutionized the game. Yeah, he, like, changed the game, and obviously Ken Jennings, like, won, like, he was on the show for, like, three months straight. <laughs> I know. That was 15 years ago. How was that 15 years oh, ago? Oh, shit, we're so old. God damn it. I, like, remember <laughs> that. So do I. Because Brad was on before they changed the rules where you stayed on until you lost. So I think he had to leave after five days. Oh, he did. That's right. So um, we don't really know how Brad would have done if they he had come in like when Ken had played. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've just I've just been really enjoying watching the greatest of all time because it's just like such a fun, slick, fast paced game because they're like they're really good. So they're answering your questions really quickly. It's always really close. It's like really fun. And like, I don't know, like Jeopardy is a thing that I like kind of grew up with because like my parents like it and watch it like every day. And so it was always like on in the house, like seven o'clock, always Jeopardy time. And then like I kind of got away from it for a while because like in grad school, my schedule was such that I was usually in the lab at 7 p.m. Like I rolled into lab kind of late in the day and I stayed late because that's like my natural circadian rhythm. Um, So but now I have like a normal, a normal job. I actually work 8am to 4pm. So like, 
even earlier than a nine to five. Um, so like I'm home by 7 p.m. every day now. Uh, so like I'm back into watching Jeopardy again. And I'm just really enjoying it. So that's my walk off win for this week. Um, so that does it for the show this week. Um, I hope all of you had a fantastic holiday and a fantastic new year. Um, we are back on our like every other week schedule for the remainder of the off season. We have some more like guests lined up for you in a couple weeks. We're going to have Cheryl ring on the show. Um, and then hopefully in February, like we said, we'll have a book pod before we start talking spring training stuff. Um, so got some exciting pods, uh, lined up for you guys. Um, but in the meantime, uh, while you wait for the next episode, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We cover wild boars and more. Um, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at a pod of their own. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. Kate Feldman, where can our people find you on the internet? Please don't, but if you have to, it's (laughs) Kate E. Feldman. And she also writes for the New York Daily News, so you can find her writing at the New York Daily News. Um, And the please rate and uh, review the show on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Subscribe, rate and review. Really helps people find the show. Um, The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets, and don't forget, there is no crying in podcasts.